This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane. The first time this season we're going to get to talk about Ohio State football and Ohio State basketball. Full disclosure, the game is still going on right now, but we think it's safe to record. If we jinx it, you can be mad at us. We're not going to lose, people. That, that's all. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to brush up on some football. We're going to talk basketball, and we are going to put our live show interviews with Nicole Auerbach and Joshua Perry at the end of this. So that's how you're really going to get your football fix. The live show was great. Thanks to everyone that came. But before we get to all that, Brain Fuel is our presenting sponsor. We have told you a ton about Brain Fuel, but now the ball's in your court. It's basketball season. The ball's in your court. If you're in Chicago, go to 7-Eleven and get some Brain Fuel. And if you're not in Chicago, then go to BrainFuel.com, which is B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com, and use promo code DTL15 for 15% off. We love Brain Fuel. It's how we can get, get through the basketball football season grind Joey, there's a couple NBA guys that that are also drinking brain fuel. Marcus Smart, Spencer Dimwitty, Io DeSumo, to name a few. At the live show, we were lucky enough to have Io and Marcus Smart on TV. Um, well, what I said at the show is still true. It will always be true. If it's good enough for the, some of the best players in the NBA, it's good enough for you. Grab yourself some brain fuel. Enjoy it. Um, and, and thank us later. Don't thank us now. Thank us later. And like I said, we're going to get to Ohio State basketball because that's why we're here. But real quickly, I mean, we can just chalk up the wind and the rain and the hurricane to why we saw what we saw on Saturday, right? For multiple purposes. One, so that we don't have to say anything negative about Ohio State. And two, so we can get to basketball quicker. Yeah, I I mean, listen, what's funny to me is that we saw with our own eyes, we were there, right? We experienced it. Like the weather was ridiculous, like it, just ridiculous, which is fine. It's been documented 40 mile per hour winds, rain. Like you think Ohio State's only scoring 21 points. Like, come on, like clearly something was was wrong. Northwestern has the worst pass defense and rush defense in the entire big time. Like they didn't just like accidentally show up. CJ Stroud, they didn't make CJ Stroud go 12 for 26 or whatever he was. Um, but the bottom line is if that was an SEC game, if that was Georgia versus Mizzou, right? They would have said gutsy win from Georgia, proven they can win close games, blah, blah, blah. But since it was Ohio state, it's the reverse of man, Northwestern really scaring Ohio state. That can't be good for Ohio state. Right. And even Michigan people are saying that, which they, they should, that's fine. Um, But yeah, the weather was ridiculous. I mean, it was literally so windy that people were wearing ponchos. And I don't know if you saw this, Andrew, but they were being blown off them and onto the field. Like it was the most, the the most action we got in the entire first half. It was, you know, seven to seven and it wasn't seven to seven until the last few minutes of the first half. The most action that we got in the first half was when a poncho was swirling all over the stadium until it got to the field and it got on the field and a ball boy caught it out of the air and everyone went nuts. So yeah, I mean, we had a blast. Me and Andrew sat on opposite sides of the stadium, which was funny with our respective friends slash family members. Um, we tailgated before, shout out to the Butcher's Tap. Um, but man, was it ugly and brutal out. Like I was telling my mom, I was like, I love you. And thank God this is in Ohio, in, in Chicago and I'm here and I came all the way here. But if it was in Columbus, I would not be leaving my apartment. That's for uh-huh. sure. Think about this though. Okay. okay. The last two games... C.J. Stroud has thrown one touchdown 
and they still won both games, one against a ranked opponent and one in the crazy weather conditions, and he's still the favorite for the Heisman. So it's it's just – I don't really know. I'm not, like, saying anything pro or against Ohio State with that. It's just, like, the absolute worst weather conditions you could possibly imagine, and they scored 21 points. They didn't win 7-3 and, like, gut out. Like, like they, won 20, they won the game. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, I guess it was, like, kind of – close there's a few moments where you're like if Northwestern gets a touchdown there or this or that but like really wasn't close and like Stroud had more right just he is he could still win the Heisman with literally having the worst two game stretch stats wise of his career two things number one Ohio State has the record for most consecutive games uh with 20 plus points in the country or the current longest streak it's a billion games or whatever it is that's number one number two when we lost that game, me and my dad were walking out of the stadium like, man, like that hurt C.J. Stroud's Heisman hopes to maybe him not winning the Heisman like that bad. Because that that's unfortunate, but that's just what it is. Like you have to be unbelievable every single game to win the Heisman. And then we flip on the TV and Tennessee's just getting their brains beat in. And Hendon Hooker, who is the guy who's in front of him, maybe no longer in front of him. Because at least we still won. And he still had 80 yards rushing. Yeah. Uh, I think the, my number one takeaway beyond the still winning an ugly game and CJ Stroud and all that stuff is that call it whatever you want, but at the very least, CJ Stroud put on tape that he can keep the ball and run a little bit if he has yeah. to, which I think is important. I think it's important. I, this is the last thing we'll say about college football because, you know, this weekend they play Indiana. Like this, this needs to be the get right, like Stroud four touchdowns, Henderson. Gets play healthy. and be yeah. healthy or don't play and don't like look like you're missing Henderson, if that makes sense. Um, but this is what I would say about college football in general. Stetson Bennett is like the seventh best odds for Heisman right now. If he just has like three touchdowns, three or four touchdowns, the next three games and has like 10 touchdowns in the last three games against Mississippi state, Kentucky, Georgia tech. And then they beat whoever it is, LSU, like, that's a pretty good Heisman bet at this point in the season. Like a lot of stuff could happen and it's like still Stroud's to lose for sure. And Hooker, it's really even Hooker's still it's Hooker's. Lose. I think it's Hooker's to lose. I want CJ Stroud to win, but like Tennessee's a funner story. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, but if Tennessee, if Tennessee drops another one and yeah, if they don't win the SEC, he's not going to win the Heisman. It might just be like a, you know what? Well, they can't win the SEC. Georgia has to lose two games for them to be in the oh, SEC yeah. championship. But it's but like a lifetime achievement. I was just sure. about to say that. I was just about to say it could be a lifetime <laughs> for Stetson Bennett. Like, oh, Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it could be a lifetime I achievement. It's a lifetime achievement award for Stroud, also. Right, but in this situation, he only has a few touchdowns the next few weeks, and then Michigan is a loss or a struggle. You know, like something like I'm saying, like Stetson Bennett is dark horse week seven or the mailman right he's the dark horse with three slash also bo nix who is i can't believe he's still in college he is a dark horse too if they make the playoff like if he makes some noise at the end of the year like he's been incredible the past he had a rushing throwing receiving touchdown last week chris mccaffrey style so uh, just a couple of guys to sprinkle on maybe if you're feeling frisky maybe you maybe you're like me and bet the house on Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba, neither of which have been healthy for half the season, and you need to win your money somewhere else. That's how you can. Well, let's let's get to Ohio State basketball. That was our that was our football rant. Uh, you'll hear in the interviews we made some 
comments about Illinois football, not that they weren't going to, like, we still think they'll get to the West, but like we said that they have a path to the playoff. That path is gone. Um, <laughs> uh, but everyone was saying that Joshua Perry, we both, we all said they were, they were going to beat Northwestern 70, nothing like that's just, just, you'll enjoy these interviews, two great interviews, but Joey, I'm going to, I'm going to say this right away with basketball. Cause I think this is a good lead in. So yeah. currently they're up 36. Um, yeah. Can we give some full, dis- full disclosure? I know you're saying they're up 36 that the BTN plus is so weird that it's behind, ESPN app is behind. Like we don't have the right statistics even, and it won't up to eight date even after the game. So that's our recording three minutes left. We're up by a billion. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is it's going to be a battle all year between right. Ned key and Isaiah ice likely for who's going to lead the team in rebounding. Your your prediction of Isaiah likely leading the team in rebounding has been great. Our prediction of obviously this is through one game against a not great Robert Morris team, but still your prediction slash our prediction of you know Justice Suing needs to be slash is the best guy on this team, and then also your Bryce Sensible is the most exciting guy on this team. Buckeye fans are going to love him. Like three for three to start things off. I'm not going to pretend like, I, I mean, like, yes, they weren't, bold. They weren't bold by anything. They're not bold, but they're also like, uh, you know, it's not like I don't know that, like I was just guessing, like I, you know, I watched practice. I, I mean, Bryce Sensball literally just dunked on someone as we were recording this and Andrew, I'm sure we'll tweet out the clip here in a second. Um, but as Bowen Hardman checks in the game, Kalen Etzler, they're emptying the benches. This is great. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what I tweeted at halftime and it remains true is few things, but all the takeaways that you mentioned, I think Isaac likely ice is the glue. He is the glue guy. He's going to, he's not going to average double digits. I don't think if he does, that's amazing, but I don't think he'll average double digits, but he's going to have six rebounds a game and six assists a game, which I think is massive. And he's not even the starting point guard. Um, He's as glue of a glue guy can be. He is, just from watching the game, you could tell whether you're an Ohio State fan or not. You watch the game, you go, that guy is the leader of the team. Um, you couple that with the fact that Justice Suing not only is healthy, but he looks phenomenal. Um, I mean, 20 points. Uh, I, again, I don't want to look at the stats because like, I, I don't think they're right. But 20 points, uh, the focal point on offense, it's just been – he is awesome and healthy and fantastic. So happy for him, 14. We love 14. Uh, and then lastly, the freshmen have been incredible so far. Roddy Gale with some awesome defense, a few nice finishes around the rim. Bryce Sensible, like you, like we've already mentioned, some highlight plays, tons and tons of rebounds. His energy is off the charts. Uh, Bruce Thornton leading the show uh, as the point guard. Like starting point guard as a freshman for Ohio State is a big deal. You know the last guy to do that? D'Angelo Russell. And Jaquan Lyle, but it, the answer is D'Angelo Russell still. <laughs> um, so – all that is great. And Felix Apara is like, the, that's like the most worry of all the freshmen, right? Because he's so raw and and like a baby gazelle out there. He's looked awesome. Granted, we're playing Robert Morris. He's blocked shots. He's dunked the ball. He could pro- prove to finish around the rim. His presence is like something we haven't really had uh, from a big man on Ohio State in a long time. Um, so, yeah, lots to be happy about. Obviously, we're not going to overreact to beating Robert Morris, even though Holtman told me, Coach Holt told me today that they are – uh, really talented and athletic, which sure I'm sure they are, but they're just not very good. Um, <laughs> sure. and, uh, 
Um, but there's a lot to like about this team uh, from the beginning, right? We've said it. They're going to be really talented. It's just a matter of how they mesh together. The coaches, we trust the coaches as being some of the best in the country to figure it all out. Like, man, like we didn't even talk about Sean. O- Sean um, um, we didn't even talk about uh, Sean like, no, I'm just sorry. I'm like looking at yeah. the bench too, as we're going for guys we didn't talk about. We talked about Sean McNeil. We didn't talk about Tanner Holden. Tanner Holden didn't miss a shot today off the bench. Okay. So a lot to love about this team. All the predictions we talked about have been right so far. Great. We played Robert Morris. Andrew, what did you think? What stood out to you watching the game? What stood out to me is, oh, man, we're playing this guy Cheeks, and it's another school with Robert in it, and and we have an Ohio State podcast, and they're going to get upset. No, I'm just kidding. What, what stood out to me was like, we did text back and forth with Cheeks a few times during that first half. I, I feel like in the last few years, during the first few games of the season, it's like, okay, we're going to have to, Ohio State's going to have to figure some stuff out. Like, this was a very good, comfortable, especially from the second the second half started. Like, hey, it's it's clicking for everyone. Like, no matter who's in there, they're making good plays. They're getting rebounds. Zed Key's maybe not the tallest guy on the court, but he is the biggest and the strongest guy on the court in this game. Like, we've talked about anytime he's the biggest guy and the strongest guy on the court, the height isn't going to necessarily matter. Yep. Um, but take advantage of those moments now before you're playing the Giants in the Big Ten. But what stood out to me is what I said right at the beginning, which is like, hey, Justice Suing looks like Justice Suing. Remember, who was the game against when his first game ever? When we were Illinois like, State. Okay, so like he looked like that Justice Suing, where we were like, this is the best guy to ever wear 14. Yeah. It, shut up. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, don't talk about Jamar Butler that way. That's that's the best to wear 14. Sorry. With this game is hilarious. It's finishing up the walk-ons are in. We got guys twisting their ankle. We got guys throwing it off the backboard. Like as a as, as not like to dunk it, like a shot that went off the backboard, and that's it. Um, we got a 40-point game right now. 40-point game. Ohio State scoring a lot of points. Their team total was only like 80. I was thinking about taking that, but thought better of myself. Um, but yeah. I, I'm excited about this year because I think that it's the most talented team that Coach Holt has had. I think it's going to be the most fun to watch. It's going to be a roller coaster ride in in that sense as well. But I think that uh, I four shots in a row for Ohio State that have not hit the rim, neither here nor there. The game is wrapping up. Congratulations to Ohio State on starting one and zero. We are. Can you guess the record on what Ohio State is in first um, in opening uh, season games? All time? Yeah. Well, this is team 124. Yep. So my guess is 124. 124? It's a great guy, including this game. It's 102 and 22. Good guess. Oh, wow. That's an incredible guess. Did you see it? Uh, it was no. a stat that showed up on the screen during the first half. No. I just figured most games are like this, and 124, that was an easy split where I didn't have to do any math. You know, that's yeah. really why I picked it. It's a good guess. It's a good guess. Officially yeah. final, 91-53 Ohio State. Lot to love. Um, you want to know what the title of this episode is going to be? Lot to love. 1-0 Ohio State basketball, 9-0 Ohio State football, Joshua Perry and Nicole Auerbach live show interviews. Just real straight to the point. <laughs> love that. Anything, love. anything else you want to touch about 
touch on about the way the game started, the way the game finished, anything. I mean, we really – we didn't talk for that long, but we hit everything because there was nothing yeah. – like That's everything we were concerned about wasn't a concern today, but it was Robert Morris. Everything we were excited about was exciting today. I think I think they shot a little better than expected. Like they really, really, really shot the ball well. Like makes and percentage-wise, not, not getting good look, look. They made a lot of shots. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I, I Again, I just keep going back to the fact that I think this is going to be the most talented team. I think there's going to be a lot of points, a lot of shot making, and they, they play well on defense. They're going to be really, really darn good. So it's exciting. Um, I don't know. Because of Ice Likely and how much I love him, I have no idea why I didn't pick Isaiah Likely to score the first touchdown tonight, but he did, which, like, I should have done that. But neither here nor there. Some awesome interviews. I might have called him Isaiah Likely at the beginning. If I did, I apologize. I was Isaac thinking. Likely. Isaac. Um, I know. I might have said Isaiah right. at the beginning because I was thinking right. Monday Night Football. Right. You're- Can we just get a moment of, of silence for the greatest sports day ever today? If the college basketball matchups were better, it would have literally be- – every single NBA team is playing right now. Every single college basketball top 25 team is playing, but none it's against unreal. each other. And Monday Night Football. It's unreal. What a world. We're so lucky to live in the United States. Let's get to these interviews. The little taste of the life. Hold on. I have one more thing. I have one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What did we say the you had to do if Mizzou plays Ohio State? You have to wear Mizzou gear at the game. Wasn't that it? Was that it? We can I that sounds right. Okay. I, I'm gonna say it right now. It's happening. I can't wear Mizzou stuff to the game. <laughs> yeah, you have to. What do you mean? It would be such a good content bit. I mean, I'll take a picture in a Mizzou shirt. I okay. can't. I mean, I can't do that. Or what? I'll cry. No, you have to. Everyone will understand. They're going sideline to just as soon. Big 10 plus. Cole Emplett, he put on a jacket from his halftime interview with Holman. Didn't have one on before. Now he does. Oh, you won't be able to hear it. No, they fixed it. They fixed it. Couldn't hear the Holtman one. All right, let's get to these interviews. Um, should we do the exit before or after the interviews? Let's do the exit after the interviews. Okay, so here's what's going to happen, guys. You're going to hear oh, the Oh, or should we just do it now? No, yeah, yeah, let's do it after. little taste of the live show, and then we end the end the show. Yeah. How we oh, I like that. Let's get to a little taste of the live show. So I talk for a living. I don't even know how to turn the damn <laughs> mic on. This is not, not a good start, fellas. Not a good start. Well, JP... We are very happy to have you. We know a lot of you guys out there are big-time listeners of the show, but for those of you who are not, Joshua Perry was our first-ever football guest. He kind of laid the foundation for us to get all other football guests. Joey, scoot a little this way. Yeah, we got I know. The, I hear it, we too. Got the yeah, mic we got the feedback. Uh-oh. I want to get away from him anyway. Um, let's do a little of that. There we go. There we go. All right. That's better. Less feedback. Um, JP, could you please tell everyone where they can find you currently? Um, you can find me on the Big Ten Network every Saturday, Tuesday mornings, Friday mornings as well. You can find me, well, probably not here in Chicago, but uh, if you're in a, a region that has Bally Sports, I do a daily show on Bally Sports called The Rally. Um, do a little podcasting with Christian Hackenberg, the JP and Hack Show, and uh, pop up every once in a while and hop on with these guys. And we love it when you do, and we're very happy you're here. Any time to get to chat with you is a fun time. We're going to cover Ohio State football because that's what we know you do best. Most recent game, 
Nittany Lions. The safe to say the scoreboard was not the result of the game, if that makes sense. How do you see it? Because I, I see this very, I see it interestingly. So Ohio State in the first quarter jumps out, 10 nothing lead, and then things kind of turn from there. Second and third quarter, not the most impressive football. Fourth quarter comes around. Ohio State doesn't possess the football for very long, like four and a half minutes. But this is a team that's able to score 28 points. They go six of eight passing, 128 yards. They run the football for nine yards to carry in the fourth quarter, a couple of rushing touchdowns. Um, so, like, the scoreboard 13-point win, maybe it felt a little bit stickier than that. With two minutes and 42 seconds left, Ohio State's up by 20 points in that game. Like, it flipped really quick. So th that's, like, the, the thing about this Ohio State team. Feedback. <laughs> I'm, I'm working it over is, here. Um, it's like a DJ up next to me. Yeah. The thing about this Ohio State team is even when games feel like they're tense and they're sticky, they're not because it's a team that can go off for 28 points while only having the ball for five minutes in the fourth quarter and end up winning it by 13. Really, we're leading by 20, and there's a garbage time touchdown for Penn State. So I know that you kind of take your, your fan hat off when you're watching these games. But what were your feelings, you know, going into the game, in the middle of the game, and now today, how are you feeling about the Ohio State team? Yeah, it's uh, what's tough for me is when I'm watching games in the green room at Big Ten Network, I am emotionally unstable. You can ask the guys that I, I do television with. Um, I watch it as a fan analyst. Um, so during that game, a lot of frustrating moments. I think it, a lot of people in Buckeye Nation felt that. But when you sit back and evaluate, I also think one of the things that we do that steals the joy out of football games is we judge this team so harshly because we know that they're really good. I got on Twitter <laughs> Saturday night, and I heard people saying that C.J. Stroud didn't play that well. What game were you watching? We didn't watch the same game. The guy was phenomenal. It's not going to be perfect every time. Um, you know, you, you hear about all the negative because you want your team to be perfect. Football's not a perfect game. These guys are really impressive. They're held to a high standard. They deserve to be. But uh, you got to sit back every once in a while and just appreciate exactly what's going on in the field. I think one thing that's funny about Ohio State compared to other teams in the country is that we can only spend so much time dissecting their games because they're winning by multiple scores. Instead, what we do is we dissect their path to a national championship. So when you look back and you look forward, is this one of the easiest roads that you can remember for them? All things considered. You know, this is a, it's an interesting question because I've thought about this a lot over the last few days. So Ohio State's schedule comes out. You look at it. You've got Notre Dame as your opener. That's supposed to be a tough game. They were top five at the time. Your crossovers in the Big Ten are Wisconsin. You get them at home. You have Iowa and you get them at home, so you feel good about that. And then you got to go to Northwestern. But since the Big Ten has gone to East-West divisions – Iowa, Wisconsin, Northwestern are the only teams who have won the West, so that feels like a bad draw. And then you got to play Penn State at Penn State. You have to play Michigan State at Michigan State. So as you look at it, it's like, man, this schedule is a little bit dicey. And then the teams actually start playing games, and <laughs> nobody on the other side's holding up their end of the bargain, quite frankly. And the path now it starts to look really easy, and it heads toward that last game after Thanksgiving in Columbus. So... You, d you didn't play for Ryan Day, but you know him. What is the message, you know, in the hotel right now, in the locker room, when you're going against, like, normally this point in the season, you're not playing one of your, you know, quote-unquote cupcakes. 
So what what is the message in the locker room right now? You talk about standards. Like, you can't look at the stat sheet and you can't look at the final score and make a determination that you played a good game because you blew out a bad football team. You have to say, you know, if you're this Ohio State run game, which has struggled, and you're playing Northwestern, who is the worst rushing defense in the conference, you have to say that there should be no negative run plays. If there's a negative run play, then that's bad. Uh, doesn't matter if you rush for 300 yards, negative run play is bad. You're C.J. Stroud. Like, this is not a good passing defense you're going up against. You can't throw it to the other team. If you throw it to the other team, that's no good. Um, as a defense, this is not an explosive offense. They, they, they cannot throw the football down the field. So if you give up too many explosive plays, it is a bad performance. Like, the mentality shifts from it looks good in the box score and on the score sheet to we have to be extremely critical of the tape because this is a team we should handle easily. So then if you're turning the tables and your coach Fitz of Northwestern, it's a tall task, but what are you saying to your team to say this is how you beat Ohio State? Well, Fitz has told his team and he's told the media <laughs> that they've only had like six bad days all season or seven bad days all season. They just happen to have been Saturdays, right? So Whoops. probably the worst day of the week to have a bad day if you're a college football team. Um, Fitz, I, I don't know how you approach this. I, I, I've never been in this position, but also you can't lie to your football team. Like, I... You might it's have to, yeah, you're, I mean, you're probably lying all week, <laughs> but it's a tough spot. And, and the, the thing about lying to your football team, the kids know. I mean, they're smart kids. They go to Northwestern. They <laughs> they're not dumb. They know better. Yeah. So this is probably a, a Nicole stat. I think she'll get a kick out of this. But can you remember a time when there was a team nine games into the season and their only win was in a different country? Wow. No. That's probably never happened. I, I don't think and they, it has. And it was their first game of the season. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we thought that this offense was phenomenal. I mean, these guys are throwing it around the yard. They're running up and down the field. I'm like, man, this Northwestern team. Poor Northwestern. I'm like, it's an even year. They're going back to Indy. And who was, was, who was your facade. pick? Who was your pick in the West? My pick in the West coming in, I had Purdue as my number one team. I remember that. And then Minnesota. And um, I got to tell you, man, Purdue has broken my heart too many times. I'm emotionally detached from them. I can't get wrapped up in their games. We love Purdue. First of all, Charlie Jones, brain fuel athlete, Woo, DHS Charlie alum. Jones. We love Charlie Chuck Jones. Chuck Sizzle. Chuck Sizzle. And the quarterback was his older brother's my AU teammate. We love Aiden O'Connell, too. Say, look, the crowd loves Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, it's unreal. Yeah, so, I mean, we love Purdue. Um, let's talk about you talked enough about Ohio State. There's only, only so much that we can say about Ohio State. We ask you these questions on the podcast all the time, but now we're with different people who we know they listen, but maybe not as well as, as some others. Some of the guys in college, some of the guys in the pros, um, that you're happy that you didn't have to go against. Boy, guys in the pros right now that I'm happy I didn't have to go up against, it's a toughie. Can't give you softballs. I don't know. I feel like the the one player I really would have wanted to avoid I actually played against was Derrick Henry in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> that dude is literally my size, but faster and more athletic. Got a hell of a stiff arm. Um, There's got to be a different word for his stiff arm, by the way. Like, it's not – it's a throw. It, it, that, it's – what it is is a weapon. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, he puts guys in the dirt. He's unbelievable. What about when you were – 
So I'm picturing you in college, right? Obviously, guys are saying, JP scares me at Ohio State. Nobody said that. But is there anybody on your defense that if you had to flip it and you were like, that's a scary guy because you saw it firsthand? Um, and besides Tyvis. There, there are a couple people. Joey Bosa would be one that comes to mind. The guy was a absolute I, freak of nature. I, I watched Joey Bosa rip a, a stationary like postal box <laughs> yeah. out of the ground on High Street. Yeah, no, I mean the, the guy was a physical freak of nature. There was one dude though who never made it. His name was Jamal Marcus. He was in my recruiting class. He came in as a linebacker. The guy was a physical freak, like big old swole pecs, huge traps, big thighs, could run as fast as all get out. He was, he was a simple man, though. Did not, did not take well to the playbook. Simple man. So they moved him to defensive line. And his whole job, basically, was to be a battering ram and just, like, blow up offensive linemen. And then he would run down on kickoffs, and he would blow up the wedge. The dude was a freak of nature. Who's, who's the guy that, that transferred to Akron? Uh, that was Jamal. Okay. Jamal went to. That was pretty impressive. Look at you. Yeah, he was in pretty camp impressive. with the Browns. I mean, the guy was simple man. Ended up marrying a doctor. He he knows exactly <laughs> he knows where he fits in in the world. So we haven't had you on the show in a long time. We were saving you for this. A question that we have asked a lot of our guests. A question we've asked a lot of our guests, including Urban Meyer. And shout out to you for helping us get Urban on. We're gonna play. We're gonna play the question. And Urban's answer, and then you're gonna you're gonna answer it, okay? All right. So hopefully you can hear this. You hear that, guys? We had Urban on the show, everybody. Would you rather win the Rose Bowl or lose in the playoff semifinal? Win the Rose Bowl. Is is there a specific reason other than the fact that you want to win your last game? No, because my body shuts down. I can't eat. I can't function when you lose a game. I rather I tell people this that. One time they got, you know, I don't want to get too deep, but I went to the University of Utah and I took a lot of heat for that. And there were some other schools that offered me jobs that were maybe in better conferences, but they lose all the time. And I, I, I told people, I said, you, you, you don't understand that I'd rather take a very good high school job because you're going to win. I, I mean, there's just the way I was built. I, so the question to you now is, would you rather win the Rose Bowl to end your season or get in the playoff but lose in the semifinal. I'm not picking. I'm not picking a scenario where I come out on the losing end. So I'll, I'll give you that. The Rose Bowl still matters to me. I was a kid who grew up in Big Ten country. I loved watching that game. One of the biggest things I lament about my career is that when I was in college, we shifted to the college football playoff. I never had a chance to play in a Rose Bowl. I would have loved to have my name in the media guides as one of the guys who was on a Rose Bowl team, and it never happened. So. We'd make it to the playoffs, say we had a chance, lose the game. I don't like losing. I don't lose very well, so I'll take the one where I'm a winner. It's a fair point. That's a fair point. JP, we appreciate having you uh, join us here. Before we let you go, score prediction for tomorrow. Uh, 84 to 7. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua, Joshua Perry, Perry, everybody. Thank you. thank you, dude. Appreciate you. So fun. All right, joining us up here now on Live the Lane, Nicole Auerbach. We are very excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. The same thing we did with, with Joshua. Tell everyone all the things you do because I feel like every day I see another new thing that you're doing. 
Uh, well, Joshua and I will both be on Big Ten Network tomorrow morning. Um, so we'll be on from... 10 to noon Eastern, a tailgate show. Uh, also host on Sirius XM and obviously right for the athletics. So a little bit all over, but on Sirius XM, uh, ESPNU Radio, Wednesday through Friday from noon to 3 Eastern. Amazing. We love listening to you. I hope more people will listen to you. We're excited to have you here. Second time on Driveline, first yep. time on Live the Lane. Um, we want to talk more than just Ohio State with you because obviously JP that's in his wheelhouse you cover everything we know JP does too but you cover everything we have a lot of Illinois fans here tonight um, and we're gonna and we're gonna and we're, it's okay and we're gonna talk about the whole Big Ten but if you could just crush the dreams of some Illini fans no, in here about the, oh, why, okay. are we, why are we sorry, sorry. no we love <laughs> it's the Illinois bad habit. season it's a bad no. habit let Bad them habit. have this. Let them have yeah, this. Yeah, talk. Can you talk about the Illini a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're one of the best stories in college football this year. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I I love Chase Brown. I love this defense. I love that they are two wins away from securing a trip to Indianapolis. I said this, and I know that people might not want to jinx it, but you could probably book a hotel. Wow. You can. They're refundable, right? But <laughs> I think it's safe enough now. Um, Purdue is uh, a choose-your-own-adventure team, and that's really what this is going to come down to next week. But I think for uh, Illinois, you got to be feeling pretty good. This is a really consistent team, and Brett Bielema clearly knows how to win the West. I mean, it's a great run game and a great defense, and that's what they can do. And then Tommy DeVito doesn't make mistakes. Like, he is just so solid. He's done a really great job. It's one of those... Transfers that absolutely flew under the radar. I don't think anyone was like, this is going to change the national yeah. picture in college football, and yet it has. So just hats off to Illinois. I think they're a great, great story. And really, they're winning the West the way that we usually see teams win the Big Ten West. What, when is his extension coming? That's a real question. How have he they not given He just got him a, there. I know, but... It's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Got, Everyone I gets mean, an extension. You can sneeze and get an extension in college so football. But, I mean, no one's done about... I mean, he's no, just... No, he, I agree. I he's agree. A, he's unbelievable. He's hilarious. I've met him in person. And he's, like, just... This, his personality is, He is, is exactly like, right. like he seems. And no, you want to root for him. He is... It was such a great hire. And I think that it's just... You know, it's there's clearly like someone's got a DNA to win in this league, to know how to develop and get the right players and push the right buttons. One thing I've been really impressed with Illinois actually is we've all been singing their praises for weeks now. They know that they've been good. They know they've had these big wins and they still are so even keeled. I thought the win over Nebraska was very mature, very adult, taking care of business. And uh, that's really what I expect to see from them this weekend, too. So I had some friends that are Illinois fans that said to me, they said, I can't believe they were ranked 16. They should be higher. Was talking with some other people. I feel like win out, they're yes. in the playoffs. Oh, Do they sure. have a legit, yeah. you know? No, there's probably like, what, 13 or 14 teams that are in the playoff picture, which is way more than we usually have yeah. when we get to the first rankings. And Illinois, for sure, if they win out, if they win the Big Ten, they're they're going yeah. to the college football playoff. Um, obviously, we've been talking a lot about the teams from the East, the Ohio States, the Michigans. But absolutely for Illinois. I mean, if they went out, they have one loss, and they're a Big Ten champion, they would have a win over Michigan, and then whoever would be in the Big Ten championship game. Of course. Yep. It's insane to think about it. Obviously, in that scenario, possibly that means they beat Ohio State. 
We are an Ohio State show. The Ohio State question for you is what team poses the biggest threat in the Big Ten to them? Regardless if, if they, they play them or not. They could play any, any for, team. For who? For Ohio, State. For, Ohio State. for Ohio State. It's super interesting that you asked that because I was actually um, – I'm not going to answer that one, but in a reverse way. I think Ohio State is the biggest challenger for Tennessee. Ooh, so love to hear I was, that. I was talking to my colleague, David Ubbin. He covered Tennessee for a few years. Now he covers national college football in the SEC. And he was talking about the way that Tennessee is built in the way that Alabama and Georgia are built this year. There's opportunities. We obviously already saw them beat Alabama. But, you know, it's, it's the way that they pressure defenses and also where their weaknesses are defensively. They don't have great corners. So teams without great, great receivers. Alabama doesn't have that elite receiver, that first-round NFL talent this year. Ohio State has like a million of these guys. Ohio State has a million threats in the vertical passing game, on the outside, lots of different ways. Cade Stover, the way they use him as a tight end. There's a lot of different ways you can beat them. And C.J. Stroud obviously stretches the field vertically on on every play. So they're... Their strengths are exactly Tennessee's weaknesses. So that would be a really interesting game. And plus, that's an offense that could keep pace with Tennessee's offense and the tempo that they play with. So it's not answering your question because you want to know who would be the most challenging. There is no, there is no answer. But that's why. There, well, no, Ohio, <laughs> well, Ohio State does match up interestingly against some of these other teams. But I just think that would be a game we'd all love to see. Oh, yeah. And I think you'd actually feel, feel pretty good as an Ohio State fan. Obviously, Tennessee needs to get through Georgia this week and they need to do some things. But I, I'm intrigued by that because there, how many offenses do we see that are like Tennessee and Ohio State? No one else is like them this year. It feels like the game that everyone wants to happen but may not happen if it's one versus two someone gets upset or they're one and two someone gets upset or just someone loses along the way like I remember I think it was whenever Joe Burrow and LSU won that was like years 2019 right Ohio State lost to Clemson everyone was like we would have loved to see that LSU Ohio State matchup so it feels like the matchup that everyone wants to happen but what are some other potential playoff matchups that you think would be like, okay, this is a game that would actually be good and not the traditional one game's a blowout, the other game's I hope I hope we don't close. have blowouts. I mean, that has been the worst part about all of this because it matters so much to make the playoff, and then we've just had these lopsided games. And so now even – I mean, this has been a conversation around Michigan and the way that they've won games. Okay, certainly they're a very good football team. Uh, boo, they should have been – Come on, this is just going to up the ante for the game at the end of the year. But Michigan should have been in the top four. I wrote a column about this. I mean, I think Michigan is a better team than Clemson. And all the anyone who sets a betting line for that game, anyone, all the advanced Michigan's metrics would say, at least. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, like, there are teams, like a Michigan, everyone wonders, okay, they were good enough to get to the playoff last year, but what is that gap? Can they win a game in this kind of like control the game, run the ball, win with field goals kind of thing that we've seen um, and especially saw against Michigan State. So, you know, what other teams are in that mold? Clemson does not feel like a team that could win a playoff game, right? Like that is a team that they're fine. The resume, the committee felt was enough. Yeah, they gave them three top 25 wins, which the committee picked the top 25 teams. So they had three of them. (laughs) Um, But those could fall off. Michigan could get the resume better, obviously. 
But you you look at teams who can win a game in the playoff, and that's that's the tough part. And it feels like the usual suspects, right? Doesn't it feel like Georgia Ohio State would be a great game? It feels like that would be one. Again, we've been talking about Tennessee. That feels like a new blood team that could be like that LSU team that was actually able to make. Obviously, they just ran through everybody that year, but they were able to win in the playoff. I think USC would be a really interesting team. That I think that would be a pretty good matchup for maybe any of these teams because their defense, they force turnovers, they do different things there. But, you know, I think that that could turn into a shootout. They're kind of in that Tennessee-Ohio State mold, right, where they're unbalanced. TCU is an interesting team as well. We talk about um, imbalance. Um, one of the best and most exciting offenses in the country, Lincoln Riley's brother, is directing that. And the defense is not great. They come from behind, have all these dramatic games. Uh, if they keep winning, they're going to make the playoff. They're undefeated. They win the Big 12. They're going to make the playoff. So I think there are some teams that you kind of would want to play for sure. And then I think you'd be afraid of the usual suspects, the Georgia, the, ten- the, the teams coming out of the SEC. And then I think there is still a possibility that the Big 10 gets two teams in. Which would be awesome. It's, I think what's funny is every year there's a team that seems to break through and then they just get just blown out, which is fine. you got to be there and lose before you can be there and win, it seems like. I have a twofold question for you. I don't want to ask you who's going to win the national championship because a lot of things have to happen. But number one, who do you think is the best team in the country? And right that, now. Right now. And then number two, when the dust settles, put on your magician hat, your, 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 your psychic hat, who are, who's going to be the final four teams when it's all said and done? Okay, well, those are very hard questions. To I, we say don't ask in easy questions. Of, yeah, I know. This is you're being grilled. Okay, so I <laughs> we have some had, fun ones after. I mean, you, can, you don't have to say Ohio State. Well, I, well, but though, here this is so this is where my debate was for for one through four because I did a bunch of mocks. And I had Tennessee at one. I've had Tennessee at one for a couple of weeks now because I think the Alabama win is the best win anyone has in the country. And I've had Ohio State at two because I think in the advanced metrics back this up that Ohio State is, you could make in a case, the best team in the country. We know that the college football playoff assigned individual committee members to Tennessee, to Ohio State, and Georgia and had each of them argue on behalf of why that team should be number one. All three of those teams have a case. Um, But again, Ohio State... Like, the way that their offense moves, the different ways that they can beat you. Obviously, we got some concerns about the run game, right? That's been an issue in the last couple of weeks. And, and all of the things that Ohio State and Michigan are doing right now that we are nitpicking them for are about what does it, what are they going to need to beat the other. And that's where Ohio State is, right? The run game. We saw what happened in the line of scrimmage last year. So I, But I think you can make that case. Even with some of the slow starts, even with some of the settling for field goals, even with the run game, you could still say Ohio State is the best team in the country. The defense is really good. And we have been waiting for tests, and we thought Notre Dame might be one. We thought Penn State, different moments. Um, but that defense has, has come to play. Last year, there were moments where you felt like they were slow. You saw guys get beat or behind, a step behind. And now everyone's in the right position. Everyone's taking care of business. It, the defense looks really good, and I think that shores up a lot of things. Then the offense, I mean, you look at yards per play, you look at points per possession, Ohio State is just blowing everyone out of the water. So you could justify that for sure, um, I, which, again, is why everyone's just waiting for Michigan-Ohio State. Michigan's still got Illinois, which could be actually a really good game. Yeah, I, that's a loss in my book. We love the Illini. You think that's a loss? Oh, we, we love do, the you, This is a pro-Illinois-Ohio <laughs> State podcast. For tonight, for tonight it is. <laughs> Uh, well, it's possible. Also, Illinois could probably lose that game and still make Indianapolis. That's yeah, how much of a cushion that they're yeah. going to have, well, which yeah, is I mean, crazy. I remember a week and a half ago, there was a scenario where everybody ties. 
yes. right? In the West, that which would have been awesome. That, but that required like Northwestern winning out, which was yeah, which is tough. Crazier things tough. have happened. Uh, so I think I think I honestly the the scenario that would blow everyone's mind would be two SEC teams, two Big Ten teams, which is possible. Sure. You could absolutely get there. I think it's going to come down to Alabama, right? Which it always does. If they lose to LSU, we can eliminate them. But the committee had them above an undefeated Power 5 team in TCU this week. So they're clearly still in it. So, you know, we've seen the loser of an SEC championship game make the playoff. We've seen what it takes to get two SEC teams. I do think the Big Ten is well-situated if Michigan-Ohio State is a thriller. Because then you got you could say, oh, well, we also think this is one of the four best teams. They should both be in. So I'm going to – it'll be a cop-out. I'm going to say the winner of that game. Okay. I'm going to say at least one SEC team. Okay. I think – all right, somebody's going to move is, this car. Oh, I can't even – Traffic, what's happening here? There's a little – We are heard you we say are that you thought two Big Ten teams could get in, and, and now, now the, people, and the now police are on the streets. <laughs> we got ambulances. Hope everyone's okay. That w- um, so so I, I think that you still have to keep a spot open for, I think, the Big 12 champ. The committee seems to show a lot of respect for the Big 12 teams. The top half of that league is good. I think the Pac-12 is going to cannibalize itself. And then I think you got to wait about Clemson. Undefeated Clemson is in, probably at number four. Yeah. So Blown I'm saying, I, 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 think, I think we're talking a Big 12 champ, SEC champ, Big 10 champ. And then it's Clemson or in the second SEC team right now, that, as of right now. That's how I know you're good at your job, because you, you just didn't answer the question. So. I <laughs> do not want to get boxed into that. Okay, wait, just a quick, not, not a real follow-up, but a, does the best resume mean you're the best team in the country? Like, Tennessee's got no, the best so resume. This, so this is the argument that I've had a million times this week that I think we're going to have a million times over the next month. Most deserving, best team. And we've, yes, they're different. And I think that the Clemson-Michigan thing this week was a really good example of that because you could say, okay, Clemson's resume, fine, I get it. Michigan's a better team. Right, yeah. Um, so, okay, so you, you, want me to buy, you want me to say teams? I think Tennessee okay. is going to win this week. Okay. I think Tennessee, Love Tennessee. is going to come out of the SEC. Won me a ton it's a of lot to ask for, <laughs> right? And, and, and people are already making unfair parallels and comparisons to LSU, that LSU team. We don't need to do that yet. We can wait until the end of the year. Um, I will say Ohio State. Love that. I will say... You know, actually, okay, so... Actually, the, Illinois, sorry. No, no, the big, the big 12 is actually a little bit of a mess. I was trying to figure out where I was going to go on that. Um, let's say Kansas State. Actually, they would be two loss, so then they wouldn't be in. Let's say Clemson goes undefeated. They did beat a the, really good Missouri team, though. Kansas Missouri, State. Missouri is not, not very good. Kansas State <laughs> lost to Tulane, who would be in a 12-team playoff if we had a 12-team playoff this year. Um, okay, so I don't know. I don't know. I give up. I give up. I do think that last spot will come down to a second SEC or a second Big Ten team. All right. We got some fun questions for you before we let you go. The first one is, you may not be the right person to ask this, but why can't you bet on Illinois colleges in Illinois? Because that's they th- because that's how Illinois passed the law. So it's not because they think we're going to run on the field and make a change in the impact of the game? No. It, no, I think it, there are certain states... Everyone did this differently, but there are certain states where you cannot bet on the college teams in the state. Interesting. I thought, yeah. week, week zero, I thought yeah. that there was just, you weren't allowed to bet on an Ireland game in Ireland. <laughs> and then it, took, it dawned on me as the game was unfolding, oh no, Northwestern plays in, in the state I live. Oh man, all right, next fun question. Sitco's committee. Yes, love them. Just 
go off. Okay, so I wrote a story the question, the question about is the, sick, the sickos <laughs> committee. Um, if, if you guys are college football fans, you guys are used to rooting for a team that is traditionally good. Very lucky. That wins a lot of games. Okay, now now a lot of fan bases do not get to root for teams like that that are playing in the Rose Bowl, playing for national championships. There are lots of teams that. Six wins is a miracle, and, you know, maybe you're having a one-win season. And so the Sickos Committee pays attention to basically everybody that is not in the top 25. They, they, I think they'll, wa- they'll watch, right, in case there's, like, a weird blocked punt or two blocked punts. Ohio State's done that, right? Um, or some weird stuff starts to happen in a game. But typically they're watching teams that are not as good, and teams that have the potential for like a very ugly game that not everyone will appreciate. So they've been watching a lot of Iowa. Mm. Iowa is the sickos team of the year this year. Nebraska was last year because remember, no matter what would happen, they would always lose a one score <laughs> game. Close game. Yeah. The best, so there was the always best something two crazy. Two and nine team ever, or whatever it was. Three and nine. Three and nine. Put some respect so on it. So Put some close. respect on it. So but, close. But they found ways to lose. Like there were always something that was worth a highlight or you know something. And so. Iowa is kind of that team because you can look at like, oh, well, they have more defensive points than offensive <laughs> points in this game. Or, oh, my God, Tory Taylor has pinned another team inside the five. That's the kind of stuff that the Sickos Committee appreciates and loves. While we're on right now, BC is not very good right now. The BC we love their Duke, coach, though. We love their coach. Yes, we love Jeff Halfley. But, like, BC, BC <laughs> UConn last week is a Sickos game. Like, there are certain ones that you can tell, and then there are certain times it breaks out. So, just to make sure Duke we're on the same page. 24-7. What's the score? 24-7 Duke. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, last week. BC is not very good this year. Last week, Northwestern Iowa was like the sicko bowl. It was. It was. It's got to be up there. So my pals who were broadcasting that game did a really cool thing, which I'm sure you guys did not notice because why would you have been watching this game? I was watching watching? intently. Okay. So the lead into (laughs) this game for for Northwestern Iowa, which is I I wrote about the sickos committee and and decided I was like, oh, look at that game on the schedule. (laughs) That's the game. I'm going to write the story. The one to watch. So they, um, they, they showed, like, grainy footage, black and white footage of, like, 1908 football. And then they <laughs> were like, passes. yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, this is um, what football used to be. And I know you're tuning into this game expecting something similar. <laughs> and it's, they stayed in black and white for a minute with this little, like, old staticky radio music. And then they were like, all right, okay, fine. We'll go to Technicolor. <laughs> you know, football is in the current day. That's but this funny. is maybe the kind of football we're going to see. Perfect. So... Just a, I just am so intrigued. Andrew was catching me up to speed a little bit about it earlier. Can it be a sicko game, just Northwestern being in, if, if Ohio State is the opposite? Like, is tomorrow's? That's not, that's okay. not a sicko's okay. game. Too no. many points. Unless, just, unless something weird happens and it's like 6-3 in the third quarter, then it would guys, be a Guys, it's like all game. muddy and guys are sliding around. That happened yeah. the last time well, they played. Well, actually, the so there's like three wind advisories in Big Ten games tomorrow. Like, Indi- Bloomington has one. Oh, my gosh. West Your Lafayette dream. Has one. No, I'm just saying, this is how you know where a sicko's game might break out. You look at the weather. Yeah. God, I love love that so much. (laughs) My my last question for you, and first of all, congrats on the new role in the Marvel show. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yes, my doppelganger, Aubrey Plaza. Yes, big time. She's joining the MCU. I'm really excited for this. She's also in White Lotus, so I'm getting a lot of new memes. Mm. That's good. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But my last question for you, 
is oh I just forgot it. I remembered it I remember one it is your family's national holiday this week. yes thank you okay these were fun uh, these were fun questions that's yeah. promised can yeah. you elaborate why okay, it is your so, family's national so holiday so my last name is Auerbach as we all know we have daylight savings coming on Sunday so everyone is going to be like well I got my hour back you got your hour back we you know, got did, our you get hour your extra, back. did you get your extra hour of sleep but we'll be talking about getting our hour back so my dad, in the ultimate dad joke, the ultimate peak dad moment, sends out a group chat to the family every Saturday leading into that 2 a.m. where he set the clocks back about how excited he is that it's a national holiday. Everyone's celebrating the Auerbach family. And he'll also always, like, he'll spell it out and then put in parentheses, our, like H-O-U-R, back, as if we don't know. Every year, every year. And I think he's usually asleep by that time, but it is a big moment. So everyone who's getting their extra hour of sleep, don't complain about the extra darkness. But the extra hour of sleep, you can credit to Thank our family. You. It's Thank a national and, holiday. And when we spring forward, nothing no, to do with you guys. I mean, that's not like that's not a last name. Nothing, no. forward, like, that's nothing not, to do with you guys. No, nothing to do no. with us. It's just it's just the fall one. There could be there could be a college football player that's like John Spring Forward. Don't you think? Maybe, maybe. Spring I'll, hyphenated? I'll, yeah. Spring oh, forward? Oh, yeah. You could do that. John you could spring do that. Forward. But no, up until now, I mean, we're just claiming this holiday. <laughs> yeah, so I like it's it. actually bigger than Halloween. I was going to say, it's pretty cool that there is a holiday that is, there's not one that's more universally celebrated. There can't be. Well, the problem is um, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona does not do yeah. daylight savings time, so they apparently do not celebrate. Wait, one more thing about it. I think very few times I was in college for both of them, I've been awake. For the time change, when you get the extra hour, and it you get is, your hour back. it is trippy to be looking at the clock. Have and you see been at one, a bar? Yeah, it's crazy. I remember in college wondering if the bar would then stay open an extra hour, and I think they Ooh, do. They should. I think they do. I mean, it goes back and it's one a.m. again. We should actually ask the yeah, bar. Butchers, butchers, tap staff. If you're you, open on daylight savings and we go back an hour, do you stay open an extra hour? Sometimes. 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 There we go. Sometimes. See? See? It's a national holiday. It's a big deal. It's extra well, hour of drinking. It's, it's no different than flying from Columbus to Chicago when you literally time travel, and it's 15 minutes yes, earlier when you Yes, but we all get to, everyone except in Arizona gets to do this together God, on Saturday they night. They get Pac-12 after dark every week, so. I'll be up. College football, can, there is probably still Pac-12 after dark. That is potential Sicko's game. Pac-12 after dark uh, with a daylight savings change. Is it a sickos game if no one's awake to watch it? I'll be awake. All right, you'll be awake. Joey. The sickos will be awake. Of course. We got to end this how we always do. Yeah, we didn't do it with JP, but that's because we talked to him so much. Brain Fuel, you're about to get a big shout out. How we end our show, and this is not the end of the show, but the end of the interview. And you've done this before with us. I don't even know if we did it back then. It wasn't sure. sponsored by Brain Fuel. It wasn't sponsored by Brain Fuel, that's for sure. Our last question, sponsored by our good friends at Brain Fuel. If you haven't had some Brain Fuel, make sure you try some. Um... We'll turn the tables on you. You got your radio show. Ask us some questions. It's your show. The floor is yours. Uh, this is how what you questions do you, you have for us? We say, okay. we say, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. Oh, what okay. questions do you have We're for us? We're not that right. rude well, and say, ask us questions. Get, I'll not, get not, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a demand. It's a okay. request. Well, it's, it sounds like a demand. <laughs> I know. That was tough. That was just a, okay. I've done that so um, many times. I've never screwed it up as bad as I just So you guys obviously are basketball folks. He's a football guy. Okay. Well, but I'll get you to your basketball conversation. Chris Holtman is one of my favorite coaches. Love that. In... The whole, my whole career, I've enjoyed him. We got to know him first at Butler. He's awesome. Uh, so what is your favorite Chris Holtman moment? 
The only time I can, the only time I can ever remember him being mad might be my favorite moment. It was against Clemson. We were down. We were winning like the whole game. Then we ended up losing, and we were down like five with two minutes left. But we, we kind of. And when I say we, I was not on the court. The, the the guys out there gave up, you know. And instead of hustling back and trying to foul a guy, they give up a layup, give up an open three instead of rotating. And we ended up losing the game by thirteen when it should have been like a, you know, two possession game. Foul, maybe they missed some free throws, whatever. We get in the locker room and we're like, obviously upset because we lost. We're like six and seven, or like seven and six at this point in the season. 100% the turning point was when Chris Holtman walked into the locker room. I've never seen him so mad. I've never seen him cuss as much as he did. He punched the whiteboard, and it's not like a whiteboard where it has any give, like it would spin. Like it is on the wall. Did he injure himself? No, he didn't. Okay. But there's like, he had a marker in his hand, so when he punched it, like there was marker everywhere on the whiteboard, <laughs> and he didn't talk to us. Just sweared at us for a good two minutes. Walked in the coach's locker room. One of the assistants was like, we got practice at 8.30 tomorrow, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. And we just left. And from that point on, we were we won nine games in a row. Like, we were incredible. So that's my favorite moment. Andrew has some moments, too. I, my, know, I know his favorite my moment. My favorite moment by far, we had him on the podcast before the season last year. I said, Coach, I want to come in town for the Duke game. Can I please get a ticket? And he said, you have my word. If you are at the Duke game, you have a ticket. We were front row wow. behind the bench, and I had my all-time favorite moment ever, which was Greg Oden turns around to me and goes, hey, man, good to see you again. You look like you lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> and I said, text all my friends, Greg Oden just said I look good. You know, the, the <laughs> lifelong dream fulfilled. But, but the okay, end of wait. the story is the best part, which he's oh. leaving out. Duke wins, or Ohio State wins, comes yep. back from down yep. 12 with two minutes. The most incredible game that I've been a fan for that I've ever seen, regardless of sport. Maybe Ohio State-Michigan that one game, but we're, we storm the court, but we're not storming the court like college kids. We're storming the for- court like young adults. Le- leisure, I, some, somewhat leisurely. Yeah, like we had our shirts on still and stuff, you know, so... And we get there, and, and everything's great, and we go, okay, it's probably time for us to make our way off. And luckily, I can go a different way than fans can go. They got to leave and go up the stands. And so I went back to the locker room, and we're just sitting there taking it in in the tunnel, waiting for the players to come back. Each guy, a lot of those guys are my teammates, so they're dapping us up. A lot of guys we found on the show, so they're giving us hugs and stuff. It doesn't matter. We could be anybody. They give us hugs because they're happy. And then Holman walks up to us, and I've never seen him as happy as he was, two arms up, and gives Andrew the biggest hug I have ever seen. Because we love the guy because obviously he knows me. I was just, whatever, right? He doesn't have to remember Andrew, but he remembers Andrew, gave him the biggest hug. I can't believe he left that best best part out of the story. There's a video of it. I'll send it to you. He is the best. Um, So fun, random. So I've, I've had to stake out all of these college football playoff expansion meetings. So I'd go in the night before and kind of, like, lurk at the bar there. I watched that game alongside Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner, mm. and Kevin Warren. Jim the Phillips, Big former Northwestern And former AD. Northwest AD, Northwestern AD. But I'm watching both commissioners of both teams <laughs> in that game, living and dying, watching that that's game great. as it was Do unfolding. They, so that's a – obviously they're rooting for them, but are they, like – Physically, outwardly emotional during the game. No, they're not. Because like those guys emotional, don't have feelings. But they're, pull, they're pulling, and that's, okay. that's a challenge. You know, you want to win the challenge. Of course, they're but competitive. But it was one of the biggest games of it. Oh yeah, Jim that's Phillips, so awesome. big, big. You know, you guys know him. Very he's cool a, guy. He, he's great, but super invested. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, he was at Northwestern for a long time. But yeah, they want their conference to win. That's so that was so a big awesome. game. To but be a fly yeah, on the wall, at, like the yeah, the hotel lobby bar. Well, our claim to fame guys. in that game was we had Jay Billis on the night before, which is obviously very cool for us and. He, everything that he said that would need to happen for Ohio State to win happened, blah, yep, blah, yep. blah. And I text him 
I mean, minutes after the game. I was like, you're the good luck charm. And he was like, that team doesn't need good luck and blah, blah. And then in typical Jay Bills Pat fashion, in parentheses, maybe it was me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, Nicole, you have gone above and beyond for us. We appreciate you coming. Everyone tomorrow, 10 to 12, check out Nicole and JP both on Big Ten Tailgate. Hopefully so you're not. Again. Hopefully you're not too hungover from live delaying to oh, be yeah. on. Yeah, to be on to live home. TV. I gotta get to bed early. It's an early wake up. But thanks for having me, guys. Um, it's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Drive the Lane. As it stands right now, we're gonna keep releasing on Tuesdays. May change once we hit the Big Ten schedule. May change after. You know, football season wraps up with an Ohio State National Championship. But for now, Tuesdays, we're going to give you some football talk. We're going to give you a lot of basketball talk. And we're going to keep dominating the Twitter game. Garrett Wilson's going to keep having one-handed catches out of bounds. We're going to keep putting that putting that shit up. That's right. That's right. Can we get a quick round of applause for Andrew Solden for his, his dedication to the Twitter game? It just I, – I get afraid sometimes that, you know, people think it's me as in like – uh, not afraid like it's bad tweets, more afraid like when Adam Jardy tweets at you like he has a Joey Lane type thing going on. It's like, I just hope he knows that's not me sometimes. I think the people like that got to know by now. I would hope so. But because I'm not as clever, like I couldn't be doing the stuff that you're doing. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean, like, hey, it's a good time of the year to be a Buckeye fan. Who's going to lose first, Ohio State basketball or football? The world may never know. Um I'm going to put that up right now. Yeah, put that up right now. Now you're here seeing how the bread is buttered, everyone. Seeing how the bread is buttered. Okay. Um, anything else before we – we uh, B-U-A-D-T-L? Nothing – I got nothing else. Nothing else before we what? Before we buttle? Before we buttle? Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready buckle, to buckle. buckle up and drive the lane. Before we buattle. Nothing else before we buattle? Nothing else before we bottle. All right. Thank you to Denny. Intro, outro. Always great. Thank you to Nicole Auerbach and Joshua Perry and everyone who came out to the live show. Thank you to Brain Fuel. The Butcher's Tap. Thank you to the Butcher's Tap. Thank you to Brain Fuel. Thank you to our bartender friend, Jason, who worked at the Butcher's Tap. And, and Ben. And, and Ben. And John. And John. Yeah. And and a real, 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 real big thank you again to everyone that came out, that supported us, all our friends, all our families, all the Ohio State fans. It was an incredible night. All thanks to you guys. We're working on getting the pictures back so that we can post so that you guys can all see how awesome it was. Um, but, yeah, I think we're ready to butt it to tell. <laughs> we're ready to boo it to tell. Uh, buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. Oh, wait, who they beaten who? Indiana. Let's do it one more time. One more time. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Beat the Hoosiers. Go Buckeyes. Fuck. <laughs> wait, don't we have another basketball game too? Yeah, Charleston Southern. All right, buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. Beat the Hoosiers. Beat Charleston Southern. I'll see you at the game on Thursday. Blacking out early. That's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth, hopping on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight. I'll be at the bar tonight. Told the bartender, go and take my car to swipe. You
try the same thing, but your car get declined. White rappers nowadays know we're not too hard to find. I'm so dapper with my ways, I'm gonna linger in your mind. Always told me good things, welcome to those who are patient. But I've been way too patient, riding bars in my basement. I'm anxious in the real world, it's time for me to say this. The basics, the talent in my mind, I can't waste it. My life is too safe, it's my time for it's taking. I'm baking my mind every day, it's the same ish. Lazy, my grind needs to get a new facelift. Ground and busting through the pavement. Rock with it and lean with it. My team win it. My team win it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team turn up when I spit it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team win it. My team win it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team turn up when I spit it. Don't think that I'm playing because I'm saving the game and I said that I will be more because of so raving, racing, and pacing around all these lames in my lane, out my way, unless you're trying to pay me. Not from the playpen, it's coming from the jungle. When you hear the bell, you better be ready to rumble, because I'ma grab the gloves and I'm gonna flex my muscles. Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble, because they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble, because I'm swiping all their bitties while they swiping right on mumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle. Like the Browns from the land When push comes to shove Wave that towel in your hand Rock with it And lean with it My team win it My team